Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey there, future paleontologists. I'm Dinosaur George, and welcome to my podcast. Is everybody dancing right now? Because I'm dancing. Oh, yeah, I'm dancing. I'm sitting in a recording studio dancing. Okay, maybe I'm not. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing well. It's always great to, to talk to you guys. This is podcast number 97. Ooh, we're closing in. On the 100th episode, that's kind of fun. Been doing this for three years and uh, having all kinds of fun. We've now had 1,046,661 downloads of this podcast, which is exciting. We are now heard in 180 countries and in 15,843 cities around the world. And that's very, very exciting for me. I think it's kind of cool anyway. I think it's sort of neat and sort of fun. All right. This podcast episode is going to be on an animal called Chipionyx. Really cool dinosaur. Hard name to spell. Cool name to say. Chipionyx. Before I do that, I got to give a couple of little shout outs. First of all, I wanted to wish uh, Barry from Israel. His dad wrote to me and told me Barry was turning, uh, was having his eighth birthday. And uh, Barry loves Baryonyx, which I think is just so funny. That is so cool, man. I mean, that's really cool. I wish they named a dinosaur Georgiosaurus, and then I could, I could like Georgiosaurus. There's Gorgosaurus, but that doesn't that isn't spelled the same way. So I have to like Allosaurus. My name should have been Al, Albert, Alfredo, anything other than George. But anyway, but that would be weird then, because then I'd be Alfredo, dinosaur Alfredo. Isn't Alfredo the name of a food? Yeah, it's like pasta. Now I'm hungry. You know what? I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to eat. Thank you all for listening to this pod. What? No, they're telling me I have to finish. But now I want pasta. Anyway, Barry, happy eighth birthday to you, my friend. To your dad, be safe and take care. And I love you guys in Israel. Uh, Neve who I met at Light Farms Elementary in Prosper, Texas, with my traveling museum. Neve came up and said... Listen to the podcast. I'm like, how cool is that? I'm giving you a shout out. I just did, Neve. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you liked the traveling museum. I loved your school. That was a lot of fun. Loved you guys up there in Prosper. Uh, Harley Redman. Now, young Mr. Redman is turning 11 years old and uh, lives in the UK. And Harley has spent a lot of hours listening to this podcast. So, Harley, uh, I just want to say to you, I hope that one day you guys can come visit here in the United States. And if you do, well, then I'll have to be your tour guide. So happy birthday to you, my friend. And then a special, special shout out to my niece, Susie Soros, and especially her mom and your dad. Uh, Susie Soros, I love all of you guys like family. And I just want to tell you uh, how happy you make me and how your mom's kind words make such a big difference in my life. So I just wanted to tell all of you that I love you all. All right, my friends. Let's talk about 
It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. You know, um, one of the things about being a Patreon Club member is we do uh, monthly lessons. And just a few minutes ago, I just was uh, starting, well, not a few minutes ago, a couple hours ago, I was starting the, today's lesson, and uh, it was, um, I got a um, a recommendation from Liam Rex, who is a member of the Patreon Club. Liam Rex said he really wished I'd do a podcast on Shipionics. Well, you know what I did? I went right downstairs and put this one together and decided I'm going to do a lesson on Shipionics. Now, this name is very confusing because it's spelled S-C-I-P-I-O-N-Y-X. And you'd think, well, how do you pronounce it? Scipionics? Scipionics? Well, it's pronounced Shipionics. It's not pronounced. The C is not hard. It's pronounced like an H. It's Shipionics. Its name is Shipionics Semnicticus. Uh, In English, that means Scipio's Claw. Kind of a cool name, isn't it? This is a theropod. It is a meat eater. It is a biped, meaning it walks on two legs, not four. It lived in the early Cretaceous about 113 million years ago, and it was found in Italy. Now, this thing is little, like only half a meter long, about 20 inches long. It's very, very small. It was discovered in 1981. A private collector who was digging fossils, um, found a uh, found this this rock that he split open and lo and behold in it was this incredibly preserved little skeleton now in 1993 he took it to a museum and decided you guys need to see this thing well in 1998 it was described for any of you that listen to this podcast you know exactly what i mean when i said it was described but for you that may have never heard it, let me tell you what that means. When a when dino, when any prehistoric animal is found, any prehistoric animal, the thing that has to happen before it gets a name is that scientists have to do research. They have to look at how it's built. They have to look at the fossils that they have. They have to compare those fossils to other animals that have been found. They have to either prove that what they found is a new species or they have to prove that it belongs to a different to an animal that's already been given a name. And if that's the case, they don't get to name it. But if they can demonstrate all the necessary details for other paleontologists to read in their paper, their description, if if it passes the test and everyone says, yes, you did this correctly, you may now give this animal a name. So even though it was, it was found in 1981, it was not until 1998 that it was given a name. And the name Scipionix Samniticus in English means Scipio's Claw. It was named for a Roman general, Publius Cornelius Scipico, Scipio Africanus. That's a long name, isn't it? That was from 183 BC. This was a Roman general. So the name Scipionics, it partly is in honor 
of a Roman general from 183 BC. Now, what's amazing about this dinosaur? Well, first of all, it was the first dinosaur ever found in Italy. That was pretty amazing. And what was crazy about it is how tiny it was because it was a baby. Some estimates are this thing may have been, may have been less than a week old when it died. So you're talking about a baby. But the amazing thing, the thing that literally blows my mind is that this little dinosaur was so perfectly preserved, it included the soft tissue. What that means is it included most of the major internal organs, blood, blood vessels, cartilage, connective tissue between the bones, the bone tissue itself, muscle tissue, even the, sh- the, the sheaths over the claws, and its respiratory and digestive system. Ladies and gentlemen, that means that this, this fossil literally had all of the internal organs for paleontologists to study. They could see everything, its lungs, its heart. Now, you may ask yourself, well, excuse me, Dinosaur George, but how exactly does that happen? How exactly could that happen? Well, let me explain something. It appears that this dinosaur died and fell into a lake or a river or maybe it drowned in there. But whatever the case, when an animal dies... Its body decomposes. Usually scavengers or predators will find it and eat it. Or insects or crabs or fish or little worms can eat away the soft tissue. And bacteria will ultimately eat away all of that. So how then did this animal have all of these internal organs and all this soft tissue? How is that even possible? It's because of this. Sometimes there is mud or silt at the bottom of a lake, usually a lake, not not very often a river, but usually a lake. And there's not a lot of current. And that means that mud becomes this goop, this slimy goop that there is no oxygen available in it. So very few bugs, insects, crabs, shrimp, fish, even bacteria doesn't live there because there's nothing there. It's just this slimy goo. So this little dinosaur falls in the river or into the... The reason why I don't think it's a river is because... If it's a river, um, there's usually always some sort of current. And the other thing, if I if memory serves me correctly, I'm getting ready to sneeze, everybody. I'm trying not to. My allergies are driving me crazy. That's why my voice may sound a little rough. Um, th- I believe they found sea life in it, marine life. So this this would have been maybe a, a, a maybe a little. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a little cove, maybe, where there wasn't much motion or movement. 
and maybe all that happened is just this goop slowly runs in there and there's not enough motion and movement to stir it up. So its little body fell in, sunk down, it sunk all the way down and then kind of sunk into that goo. And once it went there, then nothing could get to it. Nothing lives in that goo. So rather than being decomposed, it was preserved. Now, that doesn't mean that we can go extract the blood and make another Shipionics. Maybe it does. How scary would that be? So even these little filaments that look like feathers were preserved. This is just incredible. Is a little baby. And remember I said that they found its digestive system well. Found within its stomach, it appears that the last meal that this little dinosaur ate was something that sort of resembled a lizard. So we could even see its last meal. Now, remember, I said it was less than a week old. Well, if it's got remains of a lizard in it, either its parent or parents brought dinner home and gave it to him, or this little thing went out hunting. It's born with a set of teeth, baby. They were using them. Little carnivores come out chomping. They come out eating. And so uh, whatever, how either it caught its own meal or it um, was fed by an adult. And, you know, the possibility exists that maybe there was a nest in a tree overhanging this, this, uh, this saltwater cove or whatever it happened to be. And maybe got a little, maybe decided to get out and start investigating a little bit. And he or she fell out of the tree, landed in the water, sunk into the goo. We don't know how it died, but that's plausible. What if it was climbing up the tree to chase the lizard? Maybe it caught the lizard, had it for lunch, took a little nap, fell off the limb. We don't know. Maybe it had an older brother or sister that kicked it out of the nest. It's like, let's pretend this thing, his name is, is Scipio. Scipio, would you please stop playing with that um, with that uh, game system? You're making too much noise. And Scipio's like, hey, dude, I'm only a week old. I just had a lizard for dinner. I'm living the good life. What are you going to do to me? And his brother said, I'm going to throw you out of the nest if you don't turn the volume down. And that, my friends, is the story of Scipionics. <laughs> Okay, that didn't happen, but it could have been that a brother or sister kicked it out. It could have fallen out of the nest. It could have wandered up to the edge of the water. It was so young, maybe it thought the water was good to drink and maybe got a mouthful and lost its, I don't know, lost its footing or who knows. But whatever the case is, it's amazing. But this little dinosaur, I, I would advise you all to look it up. S-C-I-P-I-O-N-Y-X, Scipionics, pronounced Scipionics, not Scipionics. And uh, it's a very, very interesting dinosaur. Remarkable information about it. The fact that it had little last meal. They could see its lungs. They could see. I mean, this is just fantastic. But the one thing I want to say that makes this so fantastic is the fact that the, the private paleontologist who found it realized either through force or through conscience 
realized that taking it to a museum was the proper thing, so it was shared with the science community. Private collectors and the science community can work together. They can work together. Right now, there's this line in the sand drawn where paleontologists, at least here in the U.S., refuse to acknowledge the discoveries of anyone in the private community. And that is so foolish. If you really cared about the science, you would figure out a way to at least acknowledge and study and take advantage of things that are out there. But to turn your back on and say, no, we refuse because because it's in private hands. That to me is very foolish and it's very upsetting. And I I wish that uh, we would get our act together and do a little more to work with the private collectors. But I understand why. Let me say that in, in defense of the paleontologist. Part of it is if paleontologists acknowledge the existence of a piece in a private collection, that might make it more valuable, therefore making it impossible for most museums to ever get a chance to own it. So I understand where they're coming from, but there has to be there has to be some sort of science has to come first. So anyway, in the case of of Shipionics, fortunately for all of us, science did come first and um and so we benefited from that. And that is great, great news. All right, let's answer just a couple of questions on the Ask DG side. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. Isn't that funny when she says, here's Dinosaur George, as if I left or walked somewhere else? <laughs> I just think I just think it's funny. So anyway, <laughs> and now here's Dinosaur George. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Dinosaur George never left. So anywho. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Uh, okay. So let's go in here and let's find out. Um, what questions I can answer for everyone. First of all, I'm kind of having trouble getting in to, here we go. Hang on a second. Let me do this. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm going over to the dinosaur George kids page. Um, but my, for whatever reason, my, uh, why is this not working? Hang on. There we go. Uh, I had to, uh, I had to log into that page and I had to use a code to double verify my identity. Um, okay. So anyway, um, all right. So let's answer a couple of questions then. Uh, first of all, now these questions come from some of my Patreon club members. This is from Ayanch Rex who says, why do some prehistoric creatures like Demetrodon not considered a dinosaur, but others like Brachiosaurus, Spinosaurus, et cetera, are considered dinosaurs? Is there a way to classify that? How is that decided? Great question. Scientists put things into groups, Ayanch. They put things into groups based on similar features. So, for instance, when you look at the skeleton of a bear and you look at the skeleton of a bird, they may have features that are similar and you might recognize, okay, they're both mammals, but from there, there's nothing else about them that's similar. So bears go into one family group. This bird goes into another family group. 
When you look at the skeleton of a reptile, you see it's different from both of those, so they go into their own group, and so on and so forth. So the same thing with dinosaurs and with all these prehistoric animals. First of all, layers of dirt are like pages of a book, and each layer can represent a different time period. And so where they're digging helps them determine whether or not they are looking at dinosaurs. So the first thing is they know to uh, kind of look at to see where they came from, what age they're from. And then from there, they can begin to look more closely at the bones. And so the details and the features of, of um, Dimetrodon are different enough to recognize they have nothing to do with these dinosaurs, although maybe there are some similarities and they have common ancestors. So because their skeletons are different, their skulls are different, and the time period that they live is different, they are able to put them into a different group of animals. Even though Spinosaurus has a sail on its back like Dimetrodon, those are simply features that are similar, but they don't. It's like a giraffe and a Brachiosaurus are not related, but they both have a long neck. It, it, it takes more than just some similarities to fit into different family groups. Okay, Archie from Squamish has a question, and it is, what is the biggest mystery about dinosaurs that is yet to be answered? There's a great question uh, from Squamish. I'm sorry, I pronounced it wrong, from Squamish. Uh, Archie, there are a lot of things we don't know. We don't know for certain why, at the end of the Cretaceous, the terrestrial dinosaurs became extinct. We think we know the catalyst, but a lot of other animals didn't die. So one big mystery is how come they died and some of the other animals didn't? That's a big mystery. Uh, there's other mysteries about the sound that they make. We can't say with certainty what they sounded like. We can't say with certainty what all of their colors were. There are so many questions out there that hopefully one day someone like you may uh, in the future find the answers to them. All right, uh, this is a question from Ezra Source. Says, hey, DG, Ezra Source would like to ask, what's your least favorite dinosaur? You know, I get this question every now and then, and I can't say that there is a, that I have a least favorite. I can't say with any certainty that there is a least favorite. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, there's, there's no dinosaurs that I dislike. Like, for instance, there, there's no dinosaurs I can say, oh, man, I hate I hate that dinosaur. I don't like that dinosaur one bit. There's really none like that. Um, there are some dinosaurs that I don't really study very much. And that would be like some of the small herbivores, like uh, the little ornithopods. I, I'm not a big fan of the smaller plant eaters. Not There's nothing wrong with them, but they just they don't interest me as much. So I'm not as interested in uh, some of the small bipedal plant eaters. So uh, like, who am I thinking about? Uh, Struthiomimus. Well, I kind of like Struthies. Um, who am I thinking about? Thescalosaurus, Hypsilophodon, um, a little dinosaur called a drinker. They, they don't excite me as much. I love all dinosaurs, but, but the small two-legged plant eaters are the ones that I probably study the least. Finally, this comes from Daliosaurus, who says, Hey, Elstinko, how many raptors are there? Would you call me, kid? Did you just call? Okay, let me explain something about this Elstinko person. 
El Stinko is a superhero whose underarms smell so bad he can lift his arms and literally wipe out entire dinosaurs. So El Stinko is a superhero. Now, people claim I'm El Stinko. Well, I'm not El Stinko because no one knows the identity of El Stinko. So don't tell me I stink. Don't tell me that my deadly stink bombs under my arms. Yes, I have to think bombs under my arms to protect myself. Does that mean I'm El Stinko? No. Just because I have stink bombs doesn't mean I'm El Stinko. El Stinko has stink bombs. And just because of that, he, he's not, he's not me. I'm not, I'm not him. No one knows the, the identity. El Stinko is like Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or Aquaman. No one knows the identity. So, how many raptors are there in all? There's a bunch. There's a lot of species of raptors. Um, my gosh, Dakota raptor. Let me think. Dakota raptor, Atrociraptor, Austroraptor. Who else? Utah raptor, Dromaeosaurus, Achillobator, Deinonychus, Velociraptor, Sornitholestes. Who else? Microraptor, right? Bambi raptor. There's a bunch of them. There is a bunch of them. I said Microraptor, yeah, Microraptor, uh, Tanuraptor, right? Uh, gosh, there are so many different species. I, I can't name them all. Um, I, I wish I had more. I, I know there's our, our uh, who is there? Austro, I said Austro. Um, I wish I had more time to research some of these things, but I don't because it, it, I have such limited time. I know that there are a bunch. Now, what, what we call raptors, um, what we call raptors are actually... Uh, dromaeosaurs. So dromaeosaurs are probably a better description in case any of you want to go out there and try to figure out um, what, uh, what, uh, you know, what a raptor is because they're really dromaeosaurs. They're actually dromaeosaurs. Okay. Good questions. All right. Uh, let me do this. Let me jump over real quick over to the dinosaur George kid. Oh, and by the way, uh, if any of you are interested in becoming a member of the Patreon club, those questions that I just read came from those members. Now, there's two things about joining Patreon. If you are a Triceratops member, that costs a dollar a month, or you are a Raptor Club member, that costs $5 a month, you both get to ask Dinosaur George questions. Those that I just read are from any member, whether they're from the Triceratops Club, the Raptor Club, or the Tyrannosaurus Club. But only Tyrannosaurus Club members get to do a Who Would Win. So um, when I read the Who Would Wins, those are only for T-Rex members of the Patreon Club. But Ask Dinosaur George questions are for everyone, for any club level. And then sometimes when I have time, I go over and I read some of them on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. See, on that group, you don't have to pay anything. Now, you may not have your things read, but I will tell you that I read every one of these. I may not read them on a podcast, but I, I definitely read them. So, for instance, I'm looking at this. Um, Jagoda, I think that's how you pronounce it, lives in Poland, drew me a really, really beautiful couple of pictures. I love these pictures. Um, I love these. And he did ask a question. And the question is, uh, well, I said he, I don't, I don't know. Cause your name, I may not have pronounced your name correctly. Jagoda. I think that's, I'm, I'm certain that's how it's pronounced. Um, so 
one question that was asked was, why aren't pterosaurs dinosaurs? Well, remember just a minute ago, I answered a question about why Dimetrodon isn't a dinosaur. It's because pterosaur's skeletal body is different from that of dinosaurs. They are still reptiles and they have a relationship with dinosaurs, but their skeletal design does not means they are not an actual dinosaur. So thank you for listening to me all the way over in Poland. I would love to, to visit your country. Love you people in Poland. I wish I could come over there one day. Maybe I will. And when I do, I hope you guys can be my tour guides. Okay. Uh, Merlin, age six, uh, is in Vienna, Austria. Loves listening to the podcast. Shout out to you, little Merlin. Hey, I love that image. Those are great. This is great. You know, I love, I love what you did. Use paper to draw what looks like the ocean and then included all of the animals on top of it. I used to do the same thing, Merlin. I did the same thing. I would draw pictures of trees and mountains and then I'd put my dinosaurs on it and make a scene out of it. That's, I love this. And it's really, really cool. I absolutely love that. So shout out to you for sending that. Uh, let's see. Um, let me see here. Uh, uh, here's a, a message somebody said about the December shout outs for, for all of you that are listening. Uh, I forgot to post it on there. So I posted the December shout outs in, in one. I missed that. I can't believe I did that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm just going through here. Richard Soros Rex uh, made a coral reef for his Mosasaur and Tan- Tanistrophius. That's cool. I love that, man. I love that. That's so cool. Uh, let's see here. Hi, Dinosaur George. My son Hugo is four and a half years old, loves your podcast, and so do I. That is so cool. Thank you very much. We have learned so much. Our question is, do we know how dinosaurs slept? Hey, this is great. Now, they live in New York. Hey, listen, that is a great, great question. Um, okay, so I think there was two ways they slept. Three ways. I think the smaller dinosaurs may have slept on their side, just curled up like a cat or a dog and slept on their side. I think medium dinosaurs may have laid on their stomach with their legs behind them. And I think the big sauropods and maybe the big theropods and maybe even triceratops slept standing up like a horse. Horses sleep. Yes, the horses can lay down, but they usually sleep standing up. Cows usually sleep standing up. Elephants don't lay on their side and take a nap. And I'll tell you why. Because they weigh so much that their weight makes it hard for them to breathe. When they're laying on their side, a lot of pressure is being applied to their lungs. So I think they slept all different ways. What an interesting question. That's great. So glad you listened to it. And so glad, Mom, thank you for listening to it as well. I really appreciate that a lot. Okay, uh, let's see. This is from the Williams family. We love listening to Dinosaur George, my son, nine-year-old. Um, loves uh, animating dinosaurs. He wanted to show Dinosaur George. Well, you know what? I love this. I love this video. Actually sent me a video that he created of dinosaurs. This is really, really cool. You know what? How about if I play this? wonder if I could play this. Let's see if I can do that. How do I mute this? My microphone isn't on. Oh, what a rip. Oh, I can't believe it. Okay. Well, anyway, really made a, listen, he made this, by the way. This is great. I'm very proud of you, and I love that very much. That is so cool. Let's see. Oh, this is cool. Hi, Dinosaur George. My my grandson, uh, Desisaurus, is a T-Rex member from Buffalo, New York, and is turning six on February 1st. He loves your shows. Listen, Hey, listen, you will get a shout-out. Let me tell you what to do. Um, 
when you go to your Patreon page, I'll give you a birthday shout out right now. But um, uh, on Patreon, you'll see a page that asks for all February birthday people to, to list the name of your of your family member. So make sure to go on there and do it so that I can give him an official one. But happy birthday to you in advance, buddy. All right. Let's see. Uh, these are some great pictures. <laughs> these are really good pictures. This is really cool. Um, this is a picture for, that Lewis sent me that is so cool of T-Rexes fighting. I love that very much. Um, Adisaurus Rex sent a really, oh, did a Tyrannosaurus Macriensis. I love this. And thank you very much for doing that. He said, P.S., you are 1,000% El Stinko. Well, that is so nice of you to say that. Thank you. What did you just say to me, kid? What did this kid just say to me? Adisaurus Rex, you rotten little kid. I'm going to find you. And when I do, you're going to get a stink bomb, all right? Oh, you are. <laughs> oh, this is some beautiful stuff. Listen, beautiful images that you guys painted on there, or drew on there. These are great. I absolutely love this. Thank you so very much. Uh, two pieces of artwork. This is beautiful. Comsonathus. Listen, these are magnificent drawings. Holy cow. Very talented. I've got a cool little video. Let's see. I don't know why my volume is not. Bye-bye, Georgie Pants. Did you just call me little Georgie Pants? You rotten little kid. That is. (laughs) Thank you, Roman. That is so Roman. That's very cool. I love that very much. Uh, Sophie created a really, uh, really cool picture of dinosaurs attacking vehicles. That is incredibly awesome. I love that. Uh, Logan Raptor went on a field trip to go see Sue. Nicely done. Wow. This is great. This is really, really great. Logan Raptor, thank you for posting that. That is so cool. That is so neat from you. Ashley Raptor, um, uh, (laughs) the lesson for them, little Ashley Raptor was up at 2.30 in the morning to join one of the the lessons. (laughs) That's so cool. Uh, My seven-year-old wrote a letter to DG. Where can he mail it? What a nice, what a nice thing. I think we gave you the address. Yeah, we did. We gave you the address of where you can mail it. That is really, really nice. Um, So for all of you, listen, for all of you that posted stuff on Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, parents, if you'd like to follow us on that page, we, we make it as family safe as we can. We make absolutely sure That is a safe place for your young ones to go. All right, let's do a couple of... Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now... Get ready. It's time to find out who would win. Let's see now again to send a who would win. You have to be a T-Rex member of the Patreon club. If you would like to become any level member of Patreon club, it helps me a lot and I appreciate it. You can go to my website, dinosaurgeorge.com. 
click on the Patreon Club page and it'll take you a link over there and you can sign up to do it. Remember, if you join the Raptor or the T-Rex Club, you get a welcome gift. You've, you've got to give us the mailing list of where you want it to go for you to be able to get it. Sometimes when, when people fill this out, they don't want to give their address. And I understand why for security. I understand that. But I will tell you this. We do not share our mailing list with anyone. We don't sell it to anyone. We don't ever give out that information. So if you want to receive your a welcome gift, you can list your address as maybe a parent's work address or a relative's home. Anywhere you want it shipped. I'm just, just for us to send it to you, we have to have your address, okay? And by the way, if you live overseas, outside of the United States, please make sure to include your phone number. And the reason why is when we mail those to you, Customs requires us to give your phone number. So we have to have your phone number for that. But we, do, we never call. We never share that information with anyone. All right, so Archie from Squamish, British Columbia would like to know who would win, Triceratops versus Ankylosaurus. This is a good one. This is a good one. Triceratops is, uh, uh, is obviously has a, lot of, um, has a lot of advantages in this particular one because it, it can charge with its head down and use those spears as an offensive weapon. Stegosaurus has to stand sideways and swing that tail back and forth. And so um, I would say that that would give Triceratops a little bit of an advantage. All right. Ashosaurus Rex wants to know Baryonyx versus Irritator. Hey, these are pretty evenly matched, man. These are pretty evenly matched. Uh, my gosh, who to pick? I guess Baryonyx maybe has the size. You know what? I still think Irritator is almost the same size. I'm going to tell you something, uh, Ashosaurus. We're going to have to flip a coin on this. I can't think of who would have the ultimate. That's a brilliant one, though. I like that a lot. Uh, let's see. Roman Indominus Rex, age six, from Camino, California, wants to know who would win. Postasuchus versus Andrew Sarkis. Oh, baby. Postasuchus has got the body armor. Andrew Sarkis has the size. This is a epic battle. This is an epic battle. You're talking about two animals separated by hundreds of millions of years, and they're lining up to fight each other. Whoa. Postasuchus can stand up on its hind legs. Andrew Sarkis can't. So that puts Postasuchus's head higher up, which may have given an advantage, but Andrew Sarkis is gigantic. But could Andrew Sarkis bite through the armor of Postasuchus? I think it can. Or I think Andrew Sarkis could maybe flip Postasuchus over. If it does, Andrew, I'm going to give this battle to Andrew Sarkis. This is a great, this is a great battle. I like this very much. There's, you know, Ben says Spinosaurus versus Tyrannosaurus macriensis. Aho. Uh -oh. For any of you, go back and listen to my podcast on Tyrannosaurus macriensis, a new species of Tyrannosaur that lived possibly five to seven million years before the age of Tyrannosaurus rex. And yet its size is close to the same. So we're talking about a Tyrannosaurus versus a Spinosaurus. Well, Tyrannosaurus were more advanced. Tyrannosaurus were more advanced. And I would still say that Tyrannosaurus macriensis would still be more advanced. So many times I, I go back and forth between who would win between these titans. But I always feel like 
the the bite force of Tyrannosaurus gives it the edge it would need to be able to win this particular battle. I, I, I'm just going to say that's going to be my guess. Okay. Aiden says Spinosaurus versus Megalodon versus Scuba Dino George. Okay. Why are you putting me in the ocean with these things? I couldn't stand a chance for five seconds with these animals. So Spinosaurus, so I'm out of a fight immediately unless I use my stink. Bo- wait. Uh, wait. If I admit I have stink bombs, does that, am I admitting on those? No. Okay. All right. Forget that part. Forget that part. Everybody who erased that part, I'm going to go in and edit that. You guys in the editing room, cut that part out because I, that could, no. Okay. So anyway, so Spinosaurus and Megalodon, well, the fight has to take place in the ocean. Absolutely has to take place. The fight would have to take place in deep water because otherwise Megalodon could never reach him and Spinosaurus could just step out of the water. And if that's the case, Megalodon has every advantage. It's, it's not going to be able to turn as quickly as Spinosaurus. And Spinosaurus could lay some pretty heavy, but well, let me think about this a minute. Spinosaurus is absolutely in its element. But I'm going to say Megalodon would eke out a win. Boy, it's going to be close, though. That's going to be close. Okay. Uh, Lucadon wants to know Titanoboa versus Pachycephalosaurus. Wow, I like this one. That's a different one. Um, okay. Well, who, who would win in this particular case? Well, Pachycephalosaurus was probably quick, fast, but it doesn't really have the weaponry that could be wielded against Titanoboa. He could bite him, but he doesn't have the jaw strength to do any good. So really, Pachycephalosaurus has no defense whatsoever. The dome on his head is not going to do any good because to ram into the side of Titanoboa, its body would flex with that. It's not rigid. So breaking the bones would be difficult. Maybe you break some ribs, but that doesn't stop Titanoboa from functioning. I mean, you'd have to break every rib in its body. So in this particular case, the minute Titanoboa gets its teeth into Pachycephalosaurus, I'm afraid that one is going to go out the door pretty quickly. And finally, Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor and Dinosaur George versus Allosaurus. Oh, hey, I like this. I like this a lot because finally I have a Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor helping me. So we're going to fight my favorite dinosaur, Allosaurus. You're really going to make me do that? Uh, Well, I've got to say this. I don't think we stand a chance because I think what will happen is in the middle of the battle, Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor will look at me and just attack me because it hates me. I don't know why that little Raptor hates me so bad, but it does. So it may pretend to be my partner, but right in the middle of the fight, it would attack me and Allosaurus would just sit down and start laughing. It would be very humiliating, everyone. I would be very humiliated by that horrible, horrible fight (laughs) all right let me take a let me take a kind of a oh you know what i'm not going to take a break i'm going to end this one kind of early i'm going to make this a little shorter you know something for all of my patreon club members we'll send out a question on this but to all of you that are that follow me on the dinosaur george kids facebook group page would you prefer shorter podcast like 30 minutes instead of an hour would those be better? If, if you have an opinion of that, 
send that information to me. Either post it on the Dinosaur George Facebook group page or Patreon club members will send out a question to you to see how you feel about it. I would be interested to know if if an hour is too long, if you like them just the way they are, because they usually are right at a, an hour, or if you would like them to be much shorter. But if they're shorter, then I'd have to cut out a lot of the Who Would Wins and the Ask Dinosaur George segments. Uh, but I could do that. I could make them shorter. So anyway, uh, send me that information and let me know if... Um, Send me that information. Let me know how you feel about that. All right, my friends. This one I am going to end a little early. This one's 45 minutes or right at 45 minutes. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, lesson. Go back and look up Shipionics. It's an incredible animal that gives us all sort of insight into, uh, into these dinosaurs. You know, when I mentioned the size, by the way, we have no idea how big they were full grown because all they found was that baby. They, they belong to the Compi family, the Compsonathids. It's sort of like a Compi. So we don't know how big they get. But anyway, who knows? Maybe a new discovery will be made by one of my listeners. I love you all. Say hi to your families for me. Tell your parents I said thank you for letting you listen to the podcast. For everybody out there, take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. Be kind. It's so much easier to be kind than it is to be mean and no one likes a mean person so be kind have a great day everybody i'll see y'all soon to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.